You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fourth pick of the first round of the 2019 MLS Super Draft, FC Dallas, select from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, defender Callum Montgomery. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by the fourth overall pick from the 2019 MLS Super Draft and Ryan McCurdy's best friend, uh, Callum Montgomery. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. And we're joined as usual by uh, Chris and Carlos. Welcome back, guys. No problem, man. Welcome back. Thanks for coming to the show, Callum. Yeah, no cheers, worries, Callum. No thanks for coming on the show, brother. So, uh, first question I have for you, bud, is... Um, it's been announced that you're moving to Minnesota for the uh, the new season. Um, how did the move come about, and how excited are you to be uh, playing for a legend like Adrian Heath? Really excited. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, Minnesota is a team that's only gotten better every single year. This year, you know, they made the Western Conference Finals. They made the Open Cup last year Finals. So it's a team that's young, hungry, and, you know, has really projected upwards the last couple of years. And, you know, the, the move came about towards the end of the year. Um, I managed to go out. I was fortunate enough to go out for a week there, my senior year in college. So I kind of knew the coaching staff, Mark Watson, um, who was assistant coach and now technical director at the time, Canadian legend, obviously center back as well. So, you know, we kind of chatted back then and stuff and think they were interested. Um, didn't end up working out because I went to Dallas, but I think they followed me a little bit since then. And then, you know, I'm hoping that it's the place that's going to give me a chance and hopefully someone that can kind of jumpstart my career in the MLS. Yeah, I mean, like working with someone like like Adrian, like he's a, a football exactly. player. And it was a 60th birthday there due today, so just make sure you get him a present so you kind of get in there with the ball. Yeah, so. happy birthday to the guy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, you, you have a bit of a connection with, with, we're based in Halifax. You've got a bit yep. of a connection with Halifax. You played alongside Wanderers, uh, Peter Shala and Corey Bent at the Highlanders. Uh, how's that experience playing with those guys? And have you been following the CPL much? Yeah, I've been following it super closely. Um you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for young guys. It's something that was missing, I think, in the pipeline for young Canadians. Like when I was coming up, you know, if there was a pro team in Victoria to train with, to watch every day, you know, I think you're going to see more and more professional players coming out of Canada now. And I think it's a great, a great stepping stone and going to hopefully help the national team as well. Um, you know, it used to kind of be PDL was that high level thing in, in Canada. So that's where I met guys like Corey, um, 
PETA and stuff. And I played, fortunately, I was playing for the Victoria Highlanders every year during summers of college. And it was a great place just to stay, stay in shape during the summer, get some games leading up to the season and stay sharp. And fortunately, it recruited, um, you know, some of the best players internationally in college players. So it was a great, it was a good level. And, you know, you can see now the level of guys like Corey um, actually tried to recruit him out to my college after playing with him that summer. I think Peter was done already, but yeah, I was trying to recruit him down to North Carolina with me. He came for a tour, didn't end up managing to convince him, but, um, you know, obviously things are working out for those guys. It's that big fiddle thing in Cape Breton that kept him there. You know what I mean? It's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, as you mentioned there, you went fourth in the, the MLS Super Draft in, in 2019. Like, talk us through a little bit of like what the day is like leading up to it, because it looks like it's kind of razzmatazzy. And yeah. listen, to your, listen to your speech, you look like you were nervous as hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so what's the whole day like? Is it like the Oscars for college kids? So, so back, I mean, it's changed now that it's all virtual. They don't let you do it. I mean, they, they spent a lot of money on that thing. And before then, there's, they did the MLS Combine back then which was like a week and a half. Everybody's staying at like the Ritz Carlton in Orlando. You're like training the two games and one training session. You get split into teams and one day of physical testing. And then in between those days, you get interviews with or like clubs. If they're interested in you recruit you for interviews. So, you know, you're meeting all these legendary coaches, um, you know, and you just walking around the hotel a bit starstruck with all these guys you've seen on TV, legends of the game, like Bob Bradley, all these big name coaches and stuff. And suddenly you're, you're walking the hallway, sharing an elevator with guys. So <laughs> it was, it was a pretty unreal experience. And all along you're playing with the best college players at the combine, you know, the top 60, 80 guys in the country are all there. So it was a really good level, really great experience. And I mean, the MLS did an amazing job with it. They went all out for it. They have a player's lounge, video games, this that like it, they went all out for it so it was a really cool experience um and then the, the draft happened a couple of days later and um you kind of you know you get your hotel that type of thing and then pick your suit i tried to plan my speech out you know hoping i was gonna get fake hear my name called and stuff and then kind of i mean it's still a blur you sit you they you know you and your parents get to sit in the section and then they kind of count you down and it's off to the races. And then when I heard my name call, definitely one of the better moments I think in my life, you know, it was a, a lot of hard work to that moment and stuff. And it was an unbelievable experience to walk up, get the Jersey from the commission, you know, take the podium, say your speech, your thank yous to everybody. And then you kind of whisk off to the back for photos, interviews, that type of thing. And, you know, I was really fortunate that I, I was the last year of kind of the spectacle of the draft that they used to do back then. But I'll tell you what, it was, a, it was an unbelievable day, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's amazing. Your, your knees just look like they were going to go. Uh, I know, I know. Trust me, I was like trying to think. I'm like, I'm missing lines here and there. And then you try to add them back in, you know, as you're going. It was a long show. You remembered your mom and dad. That's the main thing. Far away, they Exactly, exactly. Um, from the Highlanders, you went to North Texas SC. Then you got drafted to FC Dallas. And then they loaned you to San Antonio. What's about um my my question for you is more literally like, do you have any particular love for this kind of game style? Because kind of like the area that that you play, you know, they develop a particular yeah. style. Would you consider yourself like this influencing in your game before moving to Minnesota United? Because yeah. you know, like most of the teams that you play were around the area. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, there was a big difference in style between you know North Texas was FC Dallas is like 
mm-hmm. second team. So they play exactly the same style of play. You know, the coaches coach the same philosophies and that's a whole club identity. So they're very technical. They want to keep the ball, pass the ball. Um, so that's kind of their style. San Antonio was a bit more traditional, kind of similar to what I played in college, I would say, which was a bit more direct, vertical, breaking lines faster, um, those types of characteristics, a little bit, I, I'd say traditional, more blue collar kind of than Dallas was. Um, so you kind of de- develop different assets, you know, coming out of college, um, you know, I would say I was a very defender's defender, you know, love box shot just as much as scoring a goal type of guy. And then going to Dallas where they're suddenly asking me to build out of my box, what I've never, you know, in college, if I got the ball in my box, I was kicking it as far as I could type of thing, you know, clearing my lines. So it was a big difference in styles and it took a year or two to develop that aspect of my game, which I now think I'm very comfortable in with the ball under pressure, high press, slow press, you know, I feel like I can build out of things, which coming out of college, I might not have had that, that skill set. Um, you know, looking at Minnesota, I think Minnesota's probably closer to, Adrian's obviously a traditional English played that level at high level. So it's watching uh, Minnesota. They're a bit more direct as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the more well-rounded the more teams you play for, the more well-rounded you're going to be as a player. So, you know, I was great. I was lucky that I got to experience all these different, these different um, tactics, plans, whatever styles of play, because now hopefully it makes me more ready for the next, for whatever's next and whatever style they ask me to play. Uh, that's great. And my, my my second and last question before I pass it to Chris is um, your first club was at St. Michael's University School. And yep. then you 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 start to build your career. Uh, do you consider yourself or thought about yourself like maybe those times of self-reflection that you say perhaps like, because you don't have an academy like most of the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a difference, like, you know, starting your career, you because then you play for the 49ers uh, in Charlotte, yep. you know, yep. then, then, then you're not like, then you went to play in the NS, uh, the USL and, and then the MLS. Yep. And, but you don't have that experience of the academy. Um, mm-hmm. did, did you not struggle, but uh, did you notice any difference compared to other players that were former teammates of you that passed through the academy system in your game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you, I mean, I look at the kids in the Dallas Academy that every year they're going to one of the best tournaments in the world, whether it's down in South America, they're playing real Madrid's Academy this week, Barca's Academy this, like next week, like the kids, the chance, the opportunities the kids, you know, in these big academies get is way, way more than I ever got. You know, I look back at my career and I, I wouldn't change anything if I could go back. You know, I was fortunate. I got to ski. I got to do other things that, you know, kids in these academies can't, they can't play for the high school basketball team. You know, it's soccer, soccer, soccer. I skied, I played basketball, I swam. I did all these other sports, which probably also helped me get where I am today. But um, yeah, I, de- I definitely think that it's tougher when you come, like I came from a city called, I was born in Nanaimo, I was called, which is this, Mm-hmm. hundred thousand type city small you know didn't have i'd have to in grade 10 i was driving an hour and a half down to victoria three four days a week just to train for the for the highlanders team um the, the, the u23 team at the time you know we played in a men's league i wasn't even playing against kids my age i was playing in a did two men's league you know mm-hmm. where you're just getting kicked all the time and stuff and then obviously pdl was big for me that was somewhere where you played higher level skill skillful players and stuff, but no, it was definitely tough. I mean, they had provincial tryouts and stuff and I'd always make the final tryout of the provincial team, but I never got picked to the actual provincial team. I never made the provincial team. I never got an invite to a white caps Academy tryout ever. 
but like I definitely had, you know, I definitely think that the odds probably went to my favor, but I was really fortunate that in grade 11, or, you know, 10, 11, 12, um, Steve Simonson, who's now the coach of UNB, UNBC, you know, he, he definitely kind of took me in and around that time I was probably a pretty average, you know, middle of the road soccer player. And just his coaching, I think, really helped me jump to that next level and be one of the more elite kids in my age group on the island and in the province. And then from there, fortunately, I was recruited to, at the time, and still is, a top 10, top 15 NCAA program. And then again, they had an unbelievable coach in Kevin Lang, and he was a center back himself, played for Bristol City in the championship. And again, fortunately, he took my game again to a next level, which kind of, you know, took me to the pros. But... I think you're definitely at a disadvantage when you play in Canada. Just generally speaking, unless you're in the Whitecaps, the impact of TFC is going to be tough. You know, it's interesting to see there's a lot of guys come out of like some of the academies in Toronto, though I think is like Hagen and those clubs. You know, I think there's a lot of high level pros coming out of those clubs, but they also play and in, are in the biggest cities. But if you're in a smaller city, it's definitely tougher. That's great. Go yeah. for it, Chris. Yeah, Callum, 2020 was crazy for everybody, and, and your yeah, season man. was not normal. Um, at the beginning of it, you were part of the provisional list for the Olympic Games, and I know yep. like a lot of people were wondering if that's even going to happen this year. I was just yep. wondering if there's if there's been any updates from Soccer Canada in regards to your position on the team or regards to any uh, training camp or potential qualifier whatsoever, because I'm like every other Olympic athlete right now, nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah. I know that you might have some inside information for us, so... Just, I guess, talk about, talk about, I suppose, beforehand, the, uh, the experience, like getting that phone call and, and preparing yourself and then maybe just the balloon popping. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, like, as I was just saying, I, you know, I've never made any provincial teams and stuff. So when I finally got a phone call for or like an email or whatever it was saying, I was part of the provisional roster and being monitored. And then I was having some chats with Maro and stuff like that. Um, it was definitely a big step for me. It's something that every kid I think wants to do is represent the national team and stuff. And, you know, I feel like I, I feel like I'm ready to play in the MLS. And I think that once, you know, I get a couple games, I think the ball's really going to get rolling and hopefully leading to national team call-ups and stuff. And so I'm hoping those things are coming. Um, but yeah, super excited. I think the plan is still aiming for those March qualifiers. Again, similar. I don't know if it's going to be a bubble or how they're going to do it. Um, we haven't received that many details. Again, there was a provisional roster, I think, sent out type of thing, um, which I believe I am a part of still so we'll see what happens but i think they called in the national team camp right now going on there's a lot of there's a lot of young guys there right now so um that might you know i doubt I, i'll be surprised if there's another camp leading up they'll probably bring the team in a week or two before um the the actual tournament i'm assuming and do the training and it's tough though because you can't really hold camps you can't do this and so it's, it's very restrained so this USL season was crazy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're the first person we've interviewed since the season ended, unfortunately, prematurely. I know you guys got to the final. Well, you guys didn't specifically, um, but the league ended up getting to the final and it just got yeah. cut short. And, you know, you guys had a successful year, but you guys lost a tough one to New Mexico. Um, it's kind of a weird question, but did there was there a little less, I guess, disappointment in the fact that the league didn't finish? Or do you guys still kind of look at your body of work and still feel disappointed and, and kind of look at the things you could have done better? So unfortunately, actually, I got called back to FC Dallas the day before the New Mexico game. 
So oh, I wasn't no actually a part of that. It, yeah, it was tough. Well, how hard was that, I guess, then? Because yeah, I mean, the, guys, the, the guys held their own. I believe it was nil-nil. No, right no, they did great. And yeah. it was they lost off a, what should have been a handball. You have VAR, that goal is getting called back. So it was definitely tough way. I know for the guys, they were gutted. And they left it all out there. I mean, that's a gritty team. That's what their pride was. They're like, the slogan of the team was we wanted to you know say we're grit everyone everything we do is with grit and stuff and they lived up to that um but yeah it was definitely tough for me because you know you get to know all these guys and i knew that at the end of the day i guess because i was on loan depthy dallas still comes first and that's the priority so i was i was looking forward to the opportunity of getting back it's kind of bittersweet because you know you're looking forward to the chance to hopefully get on the field and i made some rosters and you know was on the bench for the playoff games this and that but then at the same time, you you kind of feel guilty that you're leaving your, your your brothers out to dry a little bit, just leaving. Especially, it wasn't even like that they had the week to prepare. It was like a day or two before that I got called. I think they had one more session before the game. So it was really tough for me. Like, I felt bad and a bit guilty of that. But um, there's not a lot you can do in those situations, you know. And I had a call with Lucci. And at the end of the day, FC Dallas had to come first. And that was kind of what we, did, we agreed on. And it went from there. But no, it was tough. So before I pass it back to Anthony, just really quick, like how did the season protocols go with the USL? Because I mean, yeah. not to, it, it seemed like it was kind of every team for themselves, but was there kind of some direction from the league? I think there was direction from the league on how, how much you had to get tested, this and that. Um, they broke it up into areas, sort of like what the MLS did, minus the fact there's no chartered flights, you're busting everywhere. So you're busting eight, nine hours to gain that type of thing. Um, you're playing the same teams four or five times a year. You know, we played, Oh, every team in the conference or this division four or five times. So you get to know teams pretty familiar and stuff. So you lose that maybe excitement to think you're like, Oh, we got, we got these guys again versus a new team, which you kind of don't know what they're going to store at you. So there's like pros and cons in that. Like, you know what they're, what to expect, but at the same time, it's not new, I guess. So, but then I was, I mean, you have to make that adaptation this year for sure. Uh, I love that. It's like, oh no, not these guys again. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, the other team probably was like, oh no, not these guys again. <laughs> we were, we were, we were killing that division, but um, <laughs> growing up in like you know, Canada is obviously a hockey country. Yep. Um, what actually got you into football, and what's your kind of first uh, football memories? Yeah, I mean, looking back, I'm like, Mom, you should have put me in, like, you guys should have put me in hockey. There's way more money in that sport over here, you know? Like, Mom, I'm being a children, and then children, uh, you're killing it. But no, they, they went to fan, they were like, um, 4 a.m. track practices. I don't think so. And that was kind of the end of that conversation. At a young age, but, yeah, I mean, my dad's always, he played soccer in high school, football in high school, and, you know, watching it on TV and stuff growing up. And then I think just, it was kind of my, the sport I started playing at the youngest age and I was good at it. And I think at that age, you kind of do things you're good at, obviously. So, um, kind of went from there and yeah. So do you have any kind of like, uh, early memories of like, uh, like your first game or anything like that? Uh, I mean, my dad would coach. So this was back in like the U5, like how local community, my dad was the coach and stuff. And we, there was two best teams in the league, our team and there was one other team. And they were really good, and it was hilarious. And I always remember when we played each other, whichever team, there would be like, they we had like one or two really good guys on my team, and they had like three or three really good guys. And at the end of the game, whoever, whichever team lost, me and the other kid on my team, or the competitive kids on their team, would be in tears after the loss. So they would be the only game <laughs> either team would lose all year. You know, like we, we would run, run show in the league, and then. <laughs> 
these one game, it's like whoever lost would just be bawling on the sideline after the game. And the other team, if we beat them, they'd be bawling on the sideline. And I just remember like laughing about it, looking back, it's like how competitive, obviously, even at a young age you were and stuff, but I didn't know how to take a loss at that age. I was just sure everybody saw a loser, but that was definitely one of my first memories of soccer, I think, was bawling after losing a game. <laughs> Let's hope Minnesota don't lose any games this year, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so like, just I know you kind of touched on, um, like the the season ahead. Like, what do you think you need to change yourself to try and make sure that your name is on the the, the team sheet? I know you had, I know Dallas yeah. is kind of stacked in defend in defenders, but mm-hmm. um, what what do you think mm-hmm. you need to do yourself to 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 get into that into the first team? Yeah, I mean. It's tough, you know. I think center back's kind of a position you get your guys and you plug them in, and unless there's a suspension and injury, and I don't want to say that's the only thing I need, but I, I do think I need a bit of luck. I need, you know, I'm hoping to go into Minnesota and, um, you know, hopefully can be on paper at least that third guy, you know, one of three kind of guys, hopefully. So then it's just, you know, one either one injury, one suspension, one thing away from getting a chance. And I really feel like at this point in my career, you know, I was doing really, I felt very comfortable in the USL with the San Antonio, you know, the games in preseason with Dallas, I was, thought I was performing well. And, you know, at that level, and I really feel like I'm there, I just kind of need an opportunity. And, you know, once that opportunity comes, you, you need to take it. And I think you look at lots of guys, especially it's not like a winger where I can go and get 10 minutes at the end of the game and score a goal and start the next, you need something to happen to get on the field. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, I put myself in a good position and then hopefully get a bit of luck or whether it's a late game sub or something like that, you know, you don't, you never wish injury upon anybody, but um, I mean, you need a little bit of luck. I think, you know, you look at some of the guys on Liverpool this year, um, you know, they've gone deep in the depth chart guys that probably never would have played in the Prem this year have now been killing it. I should have a good story about one of the Liverpool center backs that I can share. Oh, yeah, really? go for, go for yeah, it, so there's a guy, Nat Phillips. He's played a couple of starts to Liverpool this year. He was recruited to Charlotte, and he was going to be my roommate sophomore year. Three days before getting on a flight to book, he got offered a U23 deal with Liverpool. And I was like, sorry, guys, I'm taking that. And then <laughs> going into my senior year, and wow. at the time, obviously the coaches are like, this is this bullshit. Like, it's crazy. Like, like <laughs> that's just he's never going to work like this is a better like similar level U23 like you can have just a good chance to go pro and then three two years later Liverpool's doing preseason in, in the States and they were they're training at our campus for a week because they were playing in Charlotte AC Milan and he's there preseason <laughs> wow that's, yeah, the, that's the best that's the best piece out of all time yeah. <laughs> later <laughs> exactly like oh I can't actually come two days and my coach is like what like we just recruited this guy and be like a starter type of thing and now he can't even he's not coming like what are we going to do like completely screwed the program for that uh, you know but fair enough I'm like cross with the guy and then this year when he was starting, I was like texting him. I'm like, oh, holy, holy cow, I can't believe this guy made it type of thing. That's <laughs> like, a, that is amazing. He showed us, you know what I mean, type of thing. Oh, it's so. That's incredible. Uh, just before I pass to the Carlos there, so um, you're going to have a fellow Canadian at uh, Minnesota. Um, yeah. Uh, Dane, so uh, how cool is it that you're going to get to play alongside him? And um, what did he what did he say to you when you found out you were moving? Well, we were roommates in San Antonio together. Oh, um, Wow. Yeah, he was down there on loan last year. And then 
again, like similar to, to, to me, the starting goalkeeper got an injury. He got called back and he got an opportunity and he, he's grabbed that with two hands. He's killed it since then. And, you know, he was always, always had the ability. He just, he took his chance when he got it. And I think that's the thing for a lot of young guys. You just, once you get that opportunity, you have to take it and the, the coach trusts you and it just gets the ball rolling. But so we're, we're actually pretty good friends and, um, spent some time together and, you know, definitely gave him a call when the trade, they was talking about getting traded there and stuff. And, you know, um, just, we, I knew pretty a, a lot about the program before from living with him in San Antonio and discussing different styles and this and that. So, um, you know, he, he was like excited, thought it would be a good fit and stuff. So it'd be nice to have a friendly face on the locker room. <laughs> Big time. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you put a good word in for you. Uh, for yeah, exactly. Exactly. Far away there, Carlos. Um, Colin, uh, quick question. Um, you play for the 49ers, uh, who were mentioned before, and then yep. you jump into the Victoria Highlanders, but it was a kind of like a year that they were playing for both teams. I don't know, maybe your Wikipedia is out of date. Um, my question for you is, like, when you were playing for the 49ers, can you tell us how it was playing for, for the college life uh, compared to then stepping up to, to the Victoria Highlanders? Was it any so, difference? Uh, did it impact in your defending yeah, style? Yeah. Yeah, so um, you you played them. They're, they're kind of so PDL, which was the Victoria Highlanders, or USL League Two. It's considered USL now. League Two, yes. Was a, is a summer league for college guys because the college season is really from August to November, or December. So it's a short mm -hmm. season where you get like twenty twenty five games, and realistically, that's a nod not. So a lot of college guys then in the summer go play USL League Two to stay stay fit and sharp and get some more games under their belt leading back into um, your college season. So college was definitely the priority. Summer was more just like, I mean, while I'm back home, I was like, I need to stay shit in fit while I'm working, this and that. So it was more just like a summer, like, I'm not going to say pickup league, but it was more relaxed. It wasn't as disciplined as your college. Like, obviously, you're still playing good teams. You're traveling. Mm -hmm. We were going to Calgary, down to the States, Oregon, these areas. Um, but you play. I played them both. So that's why probably on Wikipedia it's kind of, They, they don't know how to <laughs> work that, but they were at the same time. So every summer from Charlotte or the 49ers, I'd go and play for the Highlanders. Um, yeah, I think I think my college coach didn't like me playing PDL because in his opinion, it would ruin all your habits you've developed and stuff like that. And it would be a more relaxed environment. But, you know, I was just kind of like, look, I need this. This is great for me. I can kind of do what I want. Um, I kind of could pick and choose a little bit the training sessions I could go to at games I'd play and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't, we, there was sometimes you play Friday, Saturday games and my college mm -hmm. coach was like, all right, like I don't want you playing that. I was like, fair enough. So pass that along. And, you know, I could kind of, I was fortunate that I could like play one of the two just because it's crazy that they ask us to play two in the seat in the university sports in Canada. It's like ridiculous. I think that they play back to back. Like that's so tough on the body. Yeah. Um, so that was the biggest the difference was like, Yeah, college was just a little bit more professional. Um, they have the bigger resources, the training facilities, that, and that's kind of more your actual season. And I would look at the PDL, the USL, um, more of just kind of like a staying sharp, really fitness, that type of thing. That's great. And going back to the USL, uh, when yep. you finally made your uh, debut with FC Dallas, uh, can you tell us more about uh, how was the pressure for you? Because, you know, The USL has very uh, such a great quality games, and I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, MLS teams that it could easily go to to USL and and get beaten by any of the top teams in the USL. It's kind of like because uh, 
I guess is the amount of teams that you have in the MLS. My question for you is, was it really a big shock for you uh, moving mm -hmm. from, uh, from the USL to MLS? Uh, how was your transition? Mm -hmm. The biggest difference, um, just like the speed of thought and the speed of play is a bit faster in the MLS. Mm -hmm. Athletically, there's a lot of guys in the USL that are unbelievable athletes, but yeah. they might not have the technical aspect. Well, in the MLS, you have those super good athletes, but they also have the technical aspect. And they. So I feel like just the, the way teams pass and build out of things um, at the MLS is a bit higher. There's definitely days, like you've seen preseason, USL teams do beat MLS teams. Um, I don't think you would see that very often in a, in a mm -hmm. potentially competitive game. It happened for sure. Um, my year, last two years ago in the Open Cup, you know, FC Dallas, I was on the bench. We lost to New Mexico. And that was a very and that was a game we're going out there to win. So it, it happens for sure. Um, the thing about the MLS that really differs it is you have some unbelievably elite, elite guys. Uh, you know, you have your big money players that mm -hmm. the USL obviously doesn't have. Um, so I'd say just the biggest difference to just be the guys in the MLS have the whole package versus guys in the USL might have like four or five. They might be missing one or two type of things. Um, but the speed of play would be the biggest. The guys think faster, pass faster, move the movement off the ball, those little things. So it's very small differences that make the difference. You were, we were talking earlier that uh, you were following the CPL. You know, you know a lot yeah. of guys like yeah, yeah. Michelle, et cetera. Um, I know you're from Nanaimo and it's a no-brainer if I ask you if you pick a CPL team, you're probably going to pick Victoria, yeah. uh, British Columbia. Yeah. But is there any other team besides uh, Pacific FC that it's kind of like you see, wow, I like that, that the style of this of, of this team, mm. et cetera, that, that, that you love to see in the CPL besides, mm. obviously, Pacific FC? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Pacific would be my number one choice. Just it's my home. And, you know, I'm an island boy, and it's a team of the island. And so that would be my number one choice. Um, I know, have a, I do have a lot of respect for Tommy Wielden um, yeah, at Calvary. Cavs, yeah. Again, you play, in, you play in Texas, so I, I see, yeah. I see, I, I see <laughs> <You> what's <know>, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the USL League, or back in the PDL, USL League two days, um, you know, they were, they were a good PDL team back then. And I, every game we play against them, we're all, always super hard. And I, I swear, I think I left every game bloodier. I, I split my eye open against them. I had a, got knocked out like a guy kicked me in the face. So, yeah, it was always very physical style of plays against them and stuff like that. Wow. Um, so I do have a lot. I have a lot of respect for the way he coaches, though, and stuff. And his teams are always, you know, high pressing, energetic, high goal scoring goals, that type of thing. But I think I have respect for them as well. I don't. I don't know if I could do it. I'd be considered a massive traitor if I ever went there. But I don't know. <laughs> well, you, yeah. we never know, right? Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see. You what? You gotta a big future ahead of you. Uh, you were talking about how, you know, you haven't had the opportunities like a lot of your peers mm -hmm. had over the years, just not getting invited to training camps and such. But one of the accomplishments of your career was you were a first team All-American and playing for Charlotte. It's not the, you know, the major level school in the United States. It's a more of a mid-major, but you guys seen, did your thing that year. And I guess just kind of summarize the season. I know Carlos has mentioned it a couple of times, you know, your, your time with the 49ers, just summarize that year. And what was it like being named an All-American at the end of it? Yeah, uh, it, I mean, we had a great year that year. Um, ended a little bit earlier than we wanted. We, I think we went out in the second round of Virginia Tech in a game that could have gone either way. Um, but, yeah, we went the biggest, and we didn't have the biggest budget, that type of thing. But, I mean, I think 
as a group of guys and the coaching staff, I, again, I don't think you could, it's tough to find a better college coach than Kev, Kevin Langan and Jason Osborne and all those guys there. Um, we had an unbelievable, good, good um, coaching staff that really felt like you were in a professional locker room. Um, obviously the biggest difference is college. It's more of a brotherhood in the pros. It's, not every man for themselves. I wouldn't say that, but it's, you know, guys, instead of going back to the dorms and hanging out and doing your homework in the study rooms together, you're going home to your family or you're going back to your parents' house. Like there's just a much different age group. So you're obviously not going to be as close, you know, at different points in your life in a professional locker room and college, everyone's at the same point. So, you know, we had a, every, we had a really close team and, you know, as I think being, kind of the captain and stuff. I, I picked up some of the accolades that year, obviously like first team all American and stuff, but you know, it was guys, it was Pat Hogan on my right. It was the left back. It was a team effort that kind of lets you win those accolades. And I think as a group, we were very drilled and very, you know, stuck to the game plan and had a lot of belief in the style of play we had, which made it really tough for other teams to play us, which is why we had the success. So I know it's kind of a wild open-ended question, but what advice would you give a young player right now in that kind of high school or younger window mm-hmm. with the Canadian mm-hmm. Premier League as an option and U sports kind of feeding into it? Um, there's a debate right now whether or not young Canadian guys should even be bothering to go to the States. You've had the experience to go there for four years um, mm-hmm. and reap to the benefits. So I guess give the pros and cons that are in, based on yeah. your experience of, of, a, of a choice for these kids nowadays because it's amazing to see the kids have all the opportunities opportunities in the world definitely definitely i think you know i don't think there's one right answer to get to the professional soccer i think everybody's path is going to be different and i'm not you know maybe some guys have a easier path if you go through a big academy maybe not you know so um i don't think there's one right answer to get there you know for me i wasn't ready for professional soccer out of out of high school could i I maybe played in the cpl or being a you know a bench guy and develop there instead of going to college. Yeah, sure. Probably, maybe I could have done that, but I definitely wasn't ready for the MLS. I wasn't ready for the MLS probably after my sophomore year. I needed, you know, all four years to really develop. And, you know, I came into college probably like 165 and I left at 185. You know what I mean? So like different things, I think for me and my pa- my parents, um, education was really important for them. And they were kind of like, look, you can go do whatever you want, but you're getting a degree first type of thing. So I think that was really important um, for my parents that I got that degree. So for me, it was great. And now it's like, I'm playing soccer. I'm doing what I love. Like I, I work a couple hours every day training, go to the gym and then I'm done doing, you know, and I love what I do, but I guess, you know, that you have something, it's something if I, God forbid, I, have a terrible leg injury, you know, I have something to fall back on. And I think that's really important, important for my parents. And it's important for me as well. I want to have a backup plan. You know, I, I think I'm someone who thinks, um, you know, thinks long-term and those types of things and set goals. So to me, the college route was great. Cause now I have a, I have a degree. It got me to the pros and it gave me those extra years of developing, which in a professional environment, you might not get like, as soon as you step into the pros, you're almost like a piece of meat in a, in a certain aspect, you know, every, as soon as you start get on a team, they're trying to find someone who can do your job better than you at the same price or a lower price or whatnot. You know, you're always constantly getting looked to get replaced versus in a college environment. They're much more willing to give you that time probably to develop because, you know, so I think that's one of the big differences. And trust me, there's lots of kids. I think I see it firsthand here at Dallas is we have so many kids that are like 16, 17, 18 year olds last year at, at, on FC Dallas with the uh, the homegrowns and holy cow these kids are, these kids are good like I'm like oh, at your age I was 
terrible. Like I was not nearly as good as you were. Like, but again, there's also 17 year olds that are fully developed. Um, I was not fully developed at that age. I was a skinny little twig at that age. So I think it dep- there's no right or wrong path. I think it's just, you know, it's all very where you are in your development, where you are in your style. And, you know, there's guys who develop at 21 and, you know, and then there's guys who develop at 15. So it doesn't just depends where you take your steps. I think both have their pros and their cons, but um, I don't think there's one right answer. What makes FC Dallas different? I know that you weren't a part of the academy as long and you weren't there as young as these guys were, but you were there in a formidable um, position, I suppose, playing in the USL, um, a part of their academy. Is it the area? Is it the culture of soccer in Texas that makes FC Dallas different? I think they invest a lot in their homegrowns and they kind of want that they want to be a selling club. I mean, you look at some of the guys they sold, a lot of homegrowns, um, Reggie Cannon, there's rumors about Brian Reynolds, these guys. So they take, they put more money maybe into the, they hire better coaches. That's everything. Cause they, they know that, and they've seen it for 10 that they can get use those players to get an outcome. So I think they, compared to other clubs, maybe they invest a lot. They invest more at a younger age and they treat their academy as a professional academy, maybe similar to Europe that other clubs aren't doing. I'm not too sure. Cause I wasn't a part of any academy. So I can, I can compare mine to theirs, which is completely different ends of the spectrum, but it's tough to really know without, having come through a white caps academy or so i'd say yeah uh, when we're when we're finishing up we uh we just kind of have a few kind of quick fire questions so if you're going to play in a five-a-side tournament from the players you've played yep. with who's on your team oh played with yeah jimmy mauer in goal he's a goal i mean the guy at dallas matt hedges he's i think he's the best center back in the league he is an absolute animal um He's yeah, he's he's really good. He doesn't get enough credit. He's unbelievable. Have you, learned, be, um, have you learned much from him? Pardon me. Have, have I learned? learned much? Oh, oh yeah, tons. Yeah, he's a quiet guy, but I mean, when you get chatting to him and stuff, super take you under the wing. That's everything. He's a great guy. So he he'd be my center back. Paxton Palmicle would be a, one of my guys. Um, as like a midfielder, super talented young guy again. My striker. Yeah, probably, probably Zdenek Andrasik. He's a he, he was on Dallas for a little bit. He's in the Czech. He plays for the Czech national team. Scored his first goal against England last year. Cool moment for him. Nice. I remember watching it live. It was sweet. He scored against Harry Maguire and everybody. So he'd be up top, and then one more. Um, Put yourself in, man, if you want to. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> not yet. No, maybe one day. We'll humble. <laughs> Peter. We'll see. Peter Shala. One guy. What about what about Peter, Peter Shala? Peter Shala. Corey, Corey uh, I'll throw I'll throw Jack Harrison in there. I played oh, against him man. in college. That's I played against him in college, um, my freshman year in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we shut him down actually pretty well that day. But no, he's he was a pretty talented guy back then. Obviously, he's, it's worked out for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'd have to put him in there as well. Maybe someone I played against if that counts. But yeah. Well, you know, it's just so you can boast about, like, uh, shutting them down. Yeah, so. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I two-footed him or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, I know you did an FC Dallas video with uh, with Paxton, uh, the nutmeg one. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you were fucking awful, so. Thank you. Who recruits a center back to do that, though? So, like, I spent most of my time getting nutmeg. I don't do the nutmeg. And so it's like, 
Has your nutmeg game got any better? <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. It couldn't have got much worse. Oh, God. I think you almost tripped up some poor person walking past at one stage. Oh, for real. And then one guy just kicked the ball like he saw it coming, just smacked it. I was like, oh, God. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> so, um, the last question for me then is uh, what Texan food are you going to miss the most being up in Minnesota? Oh. Texas barbecue is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I like like the ribs. Like the ribs are kind of my go-to. I'm not a big brisket guy, but the ribs and pulled pork. Oh, dangerous. Is that your meal uh, before a match? Every match, yeah. <laughs> Just Just pulled pork and ribs, baby. Some cornbread. Far away there, Carlos. Your top three defenders of all the of not could be all the time or current ones. Yeah. John Terry, Chiellini, number three, Mm, Ramos. Good. Ramos, yeah. Ramos. Kelly too. He's good inside the box. He's just, I mean, his passion defending is like all time, I think. He's unbelievable. Like, yeah, and he I, has I, I that his age, I think. <laughs> did, did you pick Terry because he started crying? <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan. That's why. I'm a Chelsea fan. That's why. He's the first Chelsea fan we had in the show, actually, because we never had one. Yeah, it's, it's this awful. guy. Like Anthony's a Spurs and Chris is a Manchester United. Of course. Yep. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the league. Yeah, it's go- it's going down off along. Yeah. See you on Sunday. <laughs> go for it, Chris. <laughs> well, we know what your pregame meal is, but what's your postgame meal? <laughs> Top of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> and they got all the flavors down there, man. They got yeah, all- what's exactly, your- exactly. What's your go-to? What's your go-to flavor? Texas barbecue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love fish food. It's called. It's got like caramel and marshmallow. But no, I don't need that after every game. Maybe once in a while. Big game, you know, big goal or something. Big win, yeah. Texas, a bit. Texas caramel, like barbecue sauce. And, <laughs> and, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That's good. Uh, like a pregame song or artist or any kind of genre music that you vibe out to? Yeah. Um, I kind of like house pregame, I'd say. A little like beat drop, get the heart rate up a little bit, like kind of music, the faster beat, beat kind of hopefully match my heart rate, kind of get me going a little bit. I'd say that. Um, not too early at all, so I'll be buzzing all day in my room. I can't do that. I try to just <laughs> relax, you know. Netflix, keep it relaxed all day, and then on the way to the stadium or something, then I'll, then I'll start trying to get going, but yeah. Pull a muscle before the game. And the, uh, the last one for me is like a superstition, something that you've had since your youth or maybe something that's happened later in your career. Yeah. One sock before I, the other, anything like that? Yeah. Oh, left boot every single time. Left boot, left sock, left shin pad, everything's my left. I'm a lefty, but I don't know. It just seems to be it. Yeah. Every pair of boots. Way. Oh, yeah. No, no. Fav- I mean, now I, the, the MLS gives you Adidas boots, so. Yeah, until I get sponsored by someone else, and then they'll pay me to hopefully give you a shout out of the food. But we're not there yet, so hopefully yeah. that's coming. That's coming soon. Hopefully, we'll see. there you go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man, we really appreciate you uh, you coming on. It's uh, it's going to be an exciting year for you. Like uh, we're, we're we're super super pumped to uh, to see you play. Um, make sure that on your first TV interview, you mention 
all three of, of us. Of yeah, we got you where you are today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if people want to find you and follow your journey on social media, what's your uh, Twitter handle and your Instagram? Twitter is C underscore Montgomery three, I believe. And my Instagram handle is at the Callum Montgomery. Nice. Uh, yeah. Are you going to put a word in for Marco Bustos at, uh, at Minnesota as well? Oh, he's the next one for sure. I actually had the opportunity to train with him a couple of days, um, beginning of January before I headed down here and him off to the national team. So first time actually I played against him back when I was like grade 10 and he was in the Whitecaps Academy, but good first chance to actually really meet him and have a chat with him. So hopefully I'm sure I'll see him down here at some point again. You know, he had a great year this year. He's going to kill it again next year, I'm sure. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's good people and he's away to the national team. Um, Carlos, how can people find Diaz Football, your your clothing brand, and you on the socials? Uh, Diaz can be found in Diaz Football in any social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And myself, you can find at Benny Golasso in Twitter and Mr. Benitez in Instagram. Cool. And Chris, uh, your new show, where can people find it? Um, and where can they see you on social media? Find me on social media at Kristofsky, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F-S-K-I. And look out for my name is Searle on all the streaming platforms now. We had some issues with Apple, but I think we're up there now. And uh, yeah, we're, thir- we're 13 episodes deep and uh, we're getting active. So I uh, appreciate it. everybody who's listened and uh, look for more in the future. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a great show. It's definitely worth uh, people checking out. I've, I've really enjoyed listening to all the episodes. So yeah, it's been really good to listen to. Uh, you can find me at abo 78 on Instagram and on Twitter, I think, and then not down to put pod on Instagram and I did something on Twitter. Um, so Callum, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out of uh, packing to get ready to go to Minnesota. We really, really appreciate it. Um, best of luck, man. And we'll make sure to keep an eye out for you. Thanks for having me, guys. Had a great time chatting you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Callum. Thanks, Callum. All the you, best. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, brother. Bye-bye. Cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub Podcast. Recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.